0: We've like we I we think, dude. This is where I'm like. What are you saying right now? We think Justin Fields is good. Like, oh, he is. He's the guy. He's taking well, us to the mountaintops. Why like, oh, asking the you're question? Believe really, really more in the goddamn Cubs than you do in what you're saying right now. But I'm just
1: going off of. You know, I'm a capitalist. And I'm a realist. <laughs>
0: Stop Bears!
1: Welcome into another episode of Around the Loop, joined by, as always, Lucas Hoig and Larry Larson, fellas. I know the L on the score sheet happened Sunday, but W in my heart. It was thoughts or just tell me about your weekend. However, you guys. Well, to this
0: well
2: I mean, like, I, I guess we'll start with the Bears because, I mean, that, that kind of dictates everybody's weekend, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I would say, at least based on Twitter reaction, this is probably the most unanimous moral victory that I can remember maybe ever on Bears Twitter, like everybody seemed pretty happy with it.
0: Yeah, it it, was, it needed to happen. It would have been much cooler to see the victory come along with it, but just a game where the offense at points more than points plural, you know at more than one point looked like it knew what it was doing, looked like it was executing the play that they wanted to execute. You know, picking up blitzes, converting third downs, like there was a lot, a lot of good things being strung together. Well, I'll say a few good things being strung together, but but a lot of good things overall. So definitely uh definitely a really big step in the right direction. I think hopefully uh it'll carry on.
1: All right, we'll dive one, we'll dive into the game just a little bit more in a second, but there's one thing that has like stood out to me about this Bears team. That has not happened at all in the last four years. The minute the Bears go second and 20 the last four years, done. We've picked up like four or five oh. second and 20s this year. Yeah. Like, that's already a positive sign for me. And what we talked about two weeks ago after the Texans game is happening. These We're seeing these quicker passes now. How many times, like, I mean, I know Mooney only had, you know, short amount of receptions, but the quicker passes are coming out now. Fields is getting the ball out a lot quicker. And he just looks so much more comfortable back there. And he's looking like an NFL quarterback. And that brings me to my point of, like, was this his best career game? Or has it just been this long since we've seen good quarterback play?
2: I mean, I, I feel like it was definitely his best game this season. Um, I, I'd i be lying if I said I remembered every single one of his games last year. Well, I do. Um, <laughs> you do. But I... I would say this is up there. It's right up there.
0: I'd say, um, yeah, definitely, like Larry said, best of this season. Uh, maybe it's the game where he looks the most complete. Um, but I'd say his best game is still Pittsburgh. Even though in Pittsburgh last year you had the interception, another close comeback game where we ended up taking the loss. Um, he added a, a crazy nice touchdown to Darnell Mooney. Um, Just kind of throwing him open, honestly, finding that, uh, you know, realizing that connections there with him and Mooney. uh, He had a lot of passing yards, and his touchdown this game was really just, you know, a flip to Bayless. So I I think I'll give the upper hand there. Detroit, uh, a a week or two before that Pittsburgh game, too, rings a bell. Maybe it was a little bit longer than that. But earlier in the season against Detroit is another big game. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we've gotten two of these in a row yet. So looking to see uh, if it's just a fluke or what.
1: This this is his game for me where it was like, OK, that's where like you like you said, Lucas, he looks the most complete. He looks poised. He's firing the ball. He's looking like a quarterback. You know, his game against Pittsburgh last year was like, OK, I'm just an athlete. I'm going to put the team on my back and make spectacular plays. But at the same time, he was kind of making a few like, oh, maybe shouldn't have done that. There really wasn't like a any. Oh. Justin Fields messed up at all. I couldn't think of one really. He had that one throw; where it was a little bit shaky, but it just looked like miscommunication when it was like Pettis and Blo- or Mooney and Blossom game like early in the game, and there was like two defenders. It looked like miscommunication, but I mean, in my eyes, we're just a few months away from these things starting to click. Like I know him and Mooney have connections already, but it's a new system. Like must
2: be the Chip- the Chipotle commercials.
1: <laughs> the Chipotle commercials, of course. But that back shoulder early in the first – I think the first drive of the season, that's going to start hitting. Mooney's going to start turning quicker. They're going to start seeing that. As I mean, I don't know if you guys remember the one kind of later in the game as well when Fields was on the move and he hit Mooney, but Harrison, Harrison Smith like broke it up at the last second. Like that was a perfect ball. Like he put that right where it needed to be. Harrison Smith just made a better play. And, I mean, these are things that we're going to, you know, grow on and start I think we're going to start winning these games come maybe December and if not you know as early as the beginning of next season right out of the gates this is a second half team they're playing so much better in the second half and they're adjusting well which we never really saw adjustments out of the previous regime am I drinking the Kool-Aid too much right now guys
2: uh, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't say you're drinking the Kool-Aid too much it's realistic you know to say okay you know maybe they're gonna win more games in the second half of the year. But I I think the biggest thing that I thought about after the loss was just like, I, I think a lot of us have forgotten. I might've even said this last week or the last time we did podcasts. People forget like this team was not supposed to be good at all. So like my, my expectations are really, really low. And I'm like pretty happy. If we have a game like Sunday, we're like, okay, you know, come out and compete against supposedly the best team in the division, uh, and take him down to the wire on the road and again, supposedly one of the best environments in the NFL, I'll uh, I'll take that for sure. I'll definitely take that. I think that's probably my favorite thing about Sunday. It's like I was listening to uh, ESPN 1000 uh, earlier in the week. I think it might have even been on Saturday. I was in the car way too much over the weekend, so I, I didn't even watch the game. I just listened to Jeff Joniak. But they were talking on ESPN 1000 like, oh, is this going to be the week that Justin Fields breaks out? No. I mean, is the Vikings' defense, like, spectacular? No, but I don't think this is the week that Justin Fields is going to do anything crazy. But yet, we come out of the game thinking, okay, you know, Justin Fields, that was maybe one of his best career games. Imagine what he can do against Washington.
0: Yeah. No, Larry, I totally agree because, I mean, like you said, we got to remember what our expectations are. And even that being said, I think we have – as people who follow the Bears, a little bit of higher hopes and a higher belief in the team and what kind of the vision that Poles is putting together here. I mean, I've been saying, Will, I know you agree. We've talked about this numerous times that this team next year spending money in the right spots and like the path that we're on right now, the game against Minnesota, like, yeah, it told us we have a bad team that has tons of holes, but with an offensive line and uh, another wide receiver, a better wide receiver, certainly one that will catch the multiple drops we had, one that will hold on to the ball late in the game and get out of bounds. I mean, this team is the the holes that we've already acknowledged and we already know away from winning those games pretty easily, I think. So, yeah, I mean, it was definitely reassuring. I don't think you're sipping the Kool-Aid one bit, Will G.
1: No, I mean, I felt, I, I don't know if you guys agree, but I felt much better after this loss than I did after the Texans win. Like, oh, yeah, like like the Texans win was like, yeah, we won. But just it feels horrible. Like, yeah, exactly. And now we have a loss against a much better team where we put them on the wire the entire game on the road down 18. And it's like, okay like, feels good. And we actually kind of played good for, you know, the final three quarters of the game, the first quarter we don't talk about. (laughs) But after that, we looked amazing. And you guys were talking a lot about expectations and all that for the Bears. That brings me to my next topic. How far have we fallen on the quarterback expectation scale? Like, it's sad. <laughs> like, it is. If you just look around the league, like, and you see, like, Josh Allen put up that stat line that Justin Fields had on Sunday, and they're like, wow, what a shit game from Josh we're over here like is this his best career game (laughs) how far have we fallen down the scale of great quarterback play (laughs) it's it's the
2: bears it's the bears we've never had a good quarterback jay cutler is still our best quarterback that we've ever seen you're damn right on that so i'll take anything that we can consider you know above average you know
1: and it's not like we're expecting Josh Allen right now that's something that you know our expectations are going to grow with you know the the more experience that Justin Fields gains and it's the kind of the same thing that we went through with the whole Mitch Trubisky trial like after year two where he looked actually pretty good our expectations were much higher and that was only three short years ago so obviously they're going to go down but it just is like damn you should just sit here and you look around the league and you think about your expectations for a good game. And you're like, is, is, this, like, is this something to be bragging about on Twitter like I am? Like, oh, what a great game from Fields. <laughs> like, that
0: part. The sad part is, like, we're so, we were such big Mitch fans, like, just because we thought he oh, could have been a guy. I mean, we're such, we're such big Justin Fields fans now. And it's like, and, I mean, production-wise, they've both been shit so far. Yeah, the Seahawks are out here just lucking into Geno Smith playing like a goddamn MVP. Like, where's our just kind of, oh, damn, they got lucky there. When were we going to catch a break? Matt it's Barkley. Just... Matt Barkley could okay. have been the one. <laughs> okay. Well, we need something more reason. It doesn't need to be at the quarterback position because I think we won't need to luck into Justin Fields playing better. But, you know, how about a wide receiver? <laughs> how about <laughs> – equanimous becomes the like the overall wide receiver one some shit we need something
1: no you're you're 100% right and it's kind of crazy how we sit back and we look on how quickly some bought out on Mitch and then like later in 2020 we were like okay let's put Mitch back in for Nick Foles like I remember after the 2019 loss to the Packers Lucas looks at me and you know this is when we're thinking you know Maserati Mitch like Bears are going to the Super <laughs> 2019 like Mitch putting the team on his back. Offense is going to be competing with that good defense. And they go out there and look abysmal. And I'm still in shock. And Lucas goes, Justin Herbert. And I'm like, (laughs) like, my life was falling apart when he said that to me. I'm like, no, we got Maserati Mitch. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. And he goes, Herbert. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, no, you need to relax. I'm telling him to relax, chill out. But I'm in the back of my head. I'm like, oh, my God, is he so right right now?
0: (laughs) <laughs> the sweats. And right you were. If we had Herbert right now, we'd be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> we'd have two rings.
1: <laughs> okay. Tonight, <laughs> we got the Commanders. Uh, Bears open up as a half point favorite. Disrespectful in my eyes. Um, I don't know, man. I'm taking yeah. minus four and a half at least. I, I like those feelings.
0: I like our odds, and I think, like, if we're going to go out and win a game, like, now's as good a time as any. It's not like we're going to be playing much worse teams from here on out. But also, Washington has good receivers, and we're getting Jalen Johnson back, which I think is going to be a huge part of the game. I think probably the biggest factor of the game. Mm-hmm. If he was gone, I think it'd be a much worse case scenario. But they got three guys who are true weapons right now in Samuel, Scary Terry, and uh, Dotson. But – their pass rush has also been very good and very productive so far this year. So I think that could be an issue as we know, you know, our offensive line isn't the best and our quarterback historically has struggled when he sees a lot of pressure um, and taking sacks and turning the ball over. So uh, um, those will obviously be the two big keys to the game. I don't think we're going to have to worry about the rushing game as much as we will other opponents. Um, and the quarterbacks not really a game changer, I wouldn't say. Um, but yeah, just we're gonna have to tighten up at our weaknesses.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm still taking Bears minus four and a
0: half. I don't <laughs> know, cool aid I'm giving. No, I can. That's definitely, definitely a an outcome that could happen. No, I, I'd, I just, I'd say so.
1: I feel like. Just this one of those games where, you know, it's short week, momentum carries. They're coming off of a bad loss on the road. We're coming off of a very, very good, promising week where it's just like, you know, you keep that chip on. A good loss? Yeah, it's a good <laughs> loss. It's a great loss, Larry. Keep that – you just keep that – that chip doesn't fall off the shoulder. You just keep that chip on. And it's just like, okay, they had us, but now we got them. Man. and I don't just- know.
2: I, I, I think – you know, if this is a week where it's, like, actually a Justin Fields breakout week, you know, maybe he passes for, like. Don't gas me up, Larry. <laughs> maybe if, maybe he passes for, like, 300. You know, some crazy world. I think, like, you know, three hundred two two touchdowns. Maybe, maybe if the offense puts up, like, 24. I, there's no way we lose, right? right. No way. No way. So, I, I, if the offense just goes out there and improves upon what it did last week, I think there's no way we lose.
1: I mean, I think that if we just win the turnover battle, we win the game. And I think that we are going, like, we have Ibraflus who played with Carson Wentz all last year as his defensive coordinator for the Colts. Like, I'm sure he knows how to, you know, kind of take away his strengths, which there isn't many of them, but I'm sure after being hit with him an entire season, he's got an idea. But at the same time, you can say the same thing for Carson Wentz. Like, oh, Carson Wentz played against his defense for the entire year. Yada, yada, yada. I'll take Matty and over Carson Wentz. You know, I, I will. Um, but at, at least we can say that. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And I think if we just win the turnover battle, and I, I think that's what it is. If Justin Fields protects the football tomorrow, which he, knock on wood, has in the last two games um, and looked more calm and poised and you can just deliver the ball when it's need to be delivered and we can get the run game going like we have all year. A little shaky last two weeks, but um, I think we win this game. I do.
0: Yeah, no, I think you guys hit the two most like realistic ways that the bears will hit a, hit a victory here. Either the offense continues to take that step, like Larry said. And at that point, I think we would just be the better team um, or, it's one of those Chicago Bears primetime classics where, you know, maybe it's eight to 10 final scores, Scorigami, some shit like that. Uh, we just end up coming out on top uh, in the turnover battle. Um, and I think another kind of silver lining, like you said, we're we're coming in with the coaching advantage, too, because Chico Ron Rivera um, is not on his quarterback's good side. And I guess actually it's more so that his quarterback's not on the coach's good side. Not to mention the fact that we, you know, have Matt Eberflus, who who coached—I mean, kind of against, but um, coached with Carson Wentz last year, so he knows how to defend him. Hopefully, better than anyone.
1: And my thing is, like, you know, what what Chico said about Ron or about Carson this week is like Carson Wentz doesn't seem like the type of guy who plays well under tough love, like. Right. This dude seems like he's he's probably, you know, putting on a brave face in the locker room right now. Like, damn. You know, kind of maybe shaking a little bit in his locker, knee tapping, holding back the tears a little bit. Like, that's what this is What Carson that's, – that's Carson Wentz. That's how I see him. I don't see him like, okay, fuck you, coach. I'm going to go out there and ball out. No, he's probably like mm-hmm, – in his locker. Like, that's how I vision Carson Wentz. I don't see him – ever being that chip-on-the-shoulder guy. Like, I'm sure when he was having his great season in Philadelphia in 27, Doug Peterson was giving him plenty of ass slaps and good job, buddies. And that's probably the only reason he kept going. Like, until, you know, he went downhill and the whole Philadelphia franchise did for a second there. But final predictions, final score, what you guys got?
0: Uh, I'm going to go... Oh, it's tough, man. It's a tough
1: yeah. All right, you guys keep having fun. 27-17 Bears, lock it in. I'm going
0: to go 20-13 Bears. Love it.
2: I, uh, you know, I'm going 24 to 17 Bears. Love
1: it. Larry. My, minus said. four. Larry. Offensive breakout. Larry, you know how you said you've never been to a Bears game? Yeah. Get your tickets. Me and Lucas are going tomorrow night. Not together, but we are going to be there. Larry, get a ticket.
2: We'll we'll see. We'll see. And Chloe.
1: I've
2: got got a a high school football game to prepare for. So that's what I'll be doing when I'm watching Thursday Night Football.
0: Okay. Just give him Chloe's Chloe's ticket. (laughs) For the loop.
1: All right. White Sox. Birthday present. The season's over.
0: Larry, how many days away is this? Two. Oh. Oh shit! Big twenty-seven, huh? <laughs> Not
1: quite. <laughs> Only twenty-six. <laughs> White Sox Cubs season is over. We'll start with the Sox. Who has big enough feet to fill Tony Larusa's big shoes?
0: Lucas. <laughs> Lucas. A <Yeah. does. laughs> <laughs> newborn.
1: In other words, Lucas, who would you like to see your baseball team hire moving forward?
0: Uh, honestly, I don't know if I can give you a, a name where I would actually be happy if we sign. It's like I think at this point, if you were to tell me we hired someone, I would just kind of feel the negative of whoever it is, like some of these names being tossed, up, tossed out, like Ron Washington. Like, are we really taking a step in the right direction there? Like this dude is, what, like two years younger than Tony? I mean, at least he's been a part of the game recently, and he's, you know, still a really well-respected coach that currently coaches, but... And doesn't have any DUIs. Yeah, not not that I know. I'm sure as soon as we hired him, though, like, there'd be something that popped up.
1: Murder. You know what I think would be the most Ransdorf hire? I want to see if you guys can guess it. Jim Boylan. No. Ozzie Guillen's a good guess, though. I'm thinking Joe Girardi. I could see. I, it.
2: Look, I. He'd be better than Tony Larusa. That's a low yeah. bar. I also think Joe Girardi's a pretty good manager. I don't think he's the right fit for the White Sox.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'd really be thrilled. Like, you kind of toss a single name out there and be like, and I'd be like, oh, dude, thank God we got him. Like, that's our guy. Unless we were, like pulling uh, Padres and and poaching someone's current manager, um, you know. There's a reason the guys who are succeeding and winning have the jobs that they do, and it's because they're good coaches. So uh, I think time will tell. I'll talk myself into whoever it ends up being. Um, you know, we'll just see how long that takes. Here's here's a question that I want to pose. I know that's Will's job, but <laughs> not my job. How, how do how do we feel
2: about Ozzie Guillen? You know, do we, is that even realistic? Is I would will-
1: believe it. I think it'd be – I'm not even a White Sox fan, but I would love every second of that. I think it'd be awesome. I think it would just be thrills on thrills.
2: Because I've got a take on it, but I I want to hear what Lucas has to think.
0: No, I think – I don't know. Some of the things he says on, like, the pre- and post-game shows, like, you know, I don't always agree with everything he says, but I think it would be much easier for him to connect with the guys there in the locker room than it would be, um, you know, Tony La Russa. Um, but I honestly don't really know much about like his managerial style. The game is different from when the White Sox won in 2005 with him. Um, there's not going to be another four complete game ALCS. Um, there's not going to be, you know, a postseason like the one that we had. So that part, it, it would be hard for me to say like, oh, I expect the same thing to happen because last time he was our manager, we won the world series. Um, And obviously there was many years after that we didn't, but yeah, I don't know. I think he'd probably be one of the guys I'd, I'd be happier about, but again, I would just, I'm not really convinced about any manager until I see the on-field product. And, you know,
2: for the record, Rick Kong pretty much ruled him out like in the initial press conference. Uh, So there's a, you know, next to zero chance that he gets hired. I, I agree. I think he definitely wouldn't be the worst hire in the world. And I think he would, actually connect pretty well with the guys in the clubhouse because I read a very interesting quote or heard the interesting quote and I'm sure Lucas you saw the same thing Liam Hendricks coming out and saying I think we need a guy who's sort of a disciplinary who's kind of a hardo, to come in and, and manage this group that's really telling because not a lot of players are saying that in 2022 almost nobody's saying that in 2022 everybody wants a players manager everybody wants somebody to keep it loose you know keep the vibes up and just manage everything that's going on currently but the White Sox I think that's telling that there are a lot of bad vibes going on in that clubhouse right now they need somebody to come in and be like my way or the highway we're going to do this and we're going to win uh, I think Ozzy's somewhat close to that but I don't think he's the guy uh, another interesting opinion I, I write about this was Joe Madden somebody in the, Chicago sometimes wrote an article and said hey Bring in Joe Madden. You know, he's Mr. Vibes himself. You know, get everything right, get the clubhouse right. I don't think that'd be the best hire. However, again, it'd be far from the worst and it'd be intriguing at the very least.
0: Yeah, no, I think you bring up a good point. And, I mean, we even saw this year the team performed better when they got a kick in the ass from Miguel Cairo. So that's another guy who I'd say, you know what, they played like they cared when he was coaching and they gave a lot more energy than they did the entire season. So, uh, yeah, I think you totally – nailed that there all right let's take it to the north side guys how much longer
1: if you're jed hoyer are you giving david ross to lead this team he hasn't had much to work with exactly i i say you give him the next competitive window
2: you kidding me i mean you look at the last like three years and what david ross has had and that roster that's just not material to win like, sure, maybe they should have won more games and they still had a few members of the core together. Is that David Ross's fault? I don't think so at all. Um, we mentioned guys that are disciplinarians to a certain extent. I was listening to them talk about this on 670 The score. They made a great point. Like, David Ross toes that fine line right in the middle of being a player's manager, but also, you know, giving guys a kick in the rear end when they need it. Uh, Jason Hayward, I think, told a story about when he was with Atlanta. He said, you know, when he was young and still getting started in his career, might have been his rookie year. And obviously, he was the, the, the big deal in all of baseball then and uh, he was playing very well. And he said David Ross was one of his buddies. And he said, you know, for about a week straight, he stopped going out early and taking outfield drills. But David Ross was the first one to say, hey, what the hell are you doing? You better get back out there and start doing your outfield drills. Otherwise, you're going to slack off. And I think, obviously, as a manager, I'm sure he's not afraid to do that with some of these young guys. The Cubs are going to have an influx of young talent coming up very soon. I've seen it firsthand. The Cubs are going to be very competitive, I think, soon. They need to make some free agent acquisitions, but also they're going to need to rely on a lot of young guys. And I think David Ross is a good leader to set the tone for those young guys.
0: Yeah, no, I think I've only heard good things like you mentioned about his leadership, his balance between connecting with the players and still being able to lead. And I think, you know, no one's questioned his ability to understand the game of baseball. He's been on a lot of successful teams. He played the game for a really long time. So I think he's I mean, catchers are like the most commonly uh, transitioned into manager position out there. I'm pretty sure like it's it's most often that the catchers are the ones who end up being the good ones um and yeah but like you said at least until they have some sort of expectations right now there's no expectations on the team and yet we're still finding positives and the media is still finding positives about the way that he's managed in a way that the team's performed so until there's any sort of expectations that he can come short of like he's their guy right now he's the cubs guy um you know you gotta wait until you have some sort of team to compete with and until he's let you down to some extent then You know, you just got to see what he can do with a team that's actually have that actually has expectations to win.
1: I agree. I I really like David Ross. And I I have I don't know if he's obviously the man. Like, I don't know anything, you know, if he if he can win or not, because like you guys have said, he hasn't been given much to win. But from what he has, like, you know, this roster, this last season is one of the worst rosters I've ever seen, you know, as you know, a young Cubs fan. I don't remember very much from my childhood, but it's one of the toughest rosters I've laid my eyes on to say the least. And we still won 74 games, 73 games. Like I, I, I'm pretty happy with that. You know, I thought this was easily, you know, one of the worst teams in baseball, just looking at it and you see Wilson Contreras battle some injuries, say Suzuki battle in in and out of injuries all year long. Um, And just getting the best out of some of his guys at points, I thought, you know, Oh yeah. And Strowman as well. Your biggest free agent signing battling in and out of injuries and still coming away with 74 wins. I'm, I'm very excited about the future with him. And hopefully he is our guy, but I, I I completely agree. I think he needs to see the, at least give him the winning window, like you said, and see what he can do with it. And then if he can't win with a great roster with high expectations, then he can go, but you got to give him a shot.
0: Yeah, I think, the Cubs are primed for a big offseason here because like Larry said, they've got a really good wave of young talent coming in from the previous uh, trade deadline deals last year and got hopefully a lot of money to spend as we would hope with the Cubs, but uh, things are looking up for them. And, you know, I think they'll get a big name or two. Yeah. I'm excited. I I will say
2: this, I, you know, personally, you know, I try not to say like I'm a huge Cubs fan and more, um, but as a Cubs fan, from a Cubs fan's perspective, if the Cubs aren't at least in the conversation for Aaron Judge, I'd be very disappointed. Um, would I think it would be the best move for the Cubs to sign Aaron Judge? Probably not, but at least that would show that they're pretty serious about throwing some money at some guys to start winning quick.
1: Do you guys this think is my goes, expectation? Do you think he goes to San Francisco?
2: I think he stays with New York.
1: Yeah, I think he'll be a Yankee still. Would be wild if he went to San Francisco. All right, I got to ask, who do you guys think is better team in 23?
0: It's just going to come down to the offseason, I think. The White too Sox, early. yeah, it's. It, I'd say it's too early for sure. I mean, White Sox probably are going to put a pretty similar lineup out to what they had this year. Hopefully that's a healthier lineup. Um, hopefully, you know, we nail on the manager. There's still a lot of question marks for the White Sox. You know, that being said, the Cubs potentially even have more. I mean, you could see a completely new lineup from them if if that's the route they take. Um, you know, if they, if they want to really compete now, then they're going to have to make huge changes. So right now, I mean, I think the White Sox are the better team. They obviously were this this past season, just record wise, even though they're the disappointment. So hopefully we have a good enough off season to stay ahead of the team like the Cubs that, you know, nothing personal, but they're just not, you know, we have much higher expectations for the White Sox than the Cubs do for even next year, I think. So it's, it, it'd have to take a really big off season from the Cubs, but that's definitely in the realm of possibilities. Like there's, there's a very good chance, you know, maybe not very good, but there's certain is certainly is a reasonable outcome where, the White Sox sign two or three guys and the Cubs get, you know, seven, eight new names and that, you know, play on a fairly regular basis. So we'll see.
2: I I would say it would take a lot over the off season. I think it would take a full commitment to the Cubs saying we're going to win this year. We're going to contend this year for me to say that the Cubs are going to be the better team. Uh, I will believe it when I see it. And until then the White Sox, in my mind, without a doubt, are the better
1: team sure I agree I I think both of you are right and both of you guys got did kind of say the same thing it would take a lot of money and a lot of players for the Cubs to make them a better team and I think whoever comes in to the White Sox organization is automatically probably better than Tony La Russa so I expect the White Sox to be automatically better just from that and you know that's such a stupid thing to say but at the exact same time it's really not like I think the Bears getting rid of Matt Nagy automatically made the Bears you know maybe not better now but better for the future and I think it probably I mean our offense is doing about the same with a lot less weapons so I think it just goes to show you that we're doing the same with a much worse roster than Matt Nagy was dealing with like it's only going to get better from here on out, and those are positives in my that's
2: eye. That's a that's a really tough comp for Matt Nagy,
0: <laughs> Tony Larusa. That might be an all time low. I mean, jeez. <laughs> It'd be something if Tony Larusa had a White Sox themed basketball court in his new house, like Matt Nagy did with the Bears. It's just sad.
1: I don't know if there was ever a point I felt bad for the guy, though, especially after. Like I don't
2: know. He seemed like a decent enough guy. He did. He oh, did. Good.
1: But the the the, the cockiness kind of got a little annoying. He seemed. Yeah, like- I
2: mean, I I wouldn't even say uh, it was cockiness. I, I think it was just like ill-advised confidence. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, my system, like, it's never failed before. Like, what do you mean it's not going to work this week? And like, the guy really believed, and you, in that sense, at least, I almost
1: feel bad. Just like I feel bad for you know, like after the article came out from uh, Adam Johns, who's amazing saying just like Mitch Trubisky at practice would like literally be screaming, this isn't working. This isn't working. And he would say, it's all right, man, just trust the process. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, crazy. yeah. And just like completely not talking to Alan Robinson for an entire year, like face to face, not having a conversation with them because. Allen Robinson would question him like, "This isn't working," and then it to go from like, "I don't feel bad for him in that point." Like, the yeah, better. neither
2: do I. How how could you do that to Maserati, Mitch, man? Uh,
1: just nicest how, quarterback in the league. How could why? you? Yeah, ex- how could you do that to any player though? Like a player who openly has came out and been like, "I want to get better." They had a scheduled meeting to sit down. Mitch Trubisky literally brought on an entire notebook full of notes, and he just no call no shows them, like. I think it was just, you know, he thought he was better than what he was given and blamed it on the players when it was clear that his system wasn't working to begin with. And we're really down the rabbit hole right now. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Uh, We're gonna move on to shutter. We're gonna play a couple games here to finish off today's episode before you guys get ready for Bears Commanders tonight. We're gonna call this one Chicago odds. I'm gonna give you two Chicago scenarios. And you guys got to tell me which one has the better odds in your eyes. All right. We'll start off with the Bears. Bears draft defensive lineman. Could be anyone, but we'll say it's Jalen Carter out of Georgia with their top 10 pick. Or Bears draft Jordan Addison, wide receiver, USC. It also could be any other wide
0: receiver. Without a doubt, 100% more realistic. They draft a defensive lineman.
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Lucas there. I also think there's more of a market in the off season. You know I and I also could be wrong. I have done literally zero research on this. I think there's more of a market to acquire playmakers offensively over the off season. I mean everybody's talking about DJ Moore right now. I think that's realistic that the Bears could go and get a DJ Moore and probably stick to the defense early in the draft.
0: Yeah, I mean we saw this past off season. Anyone's on the table, you know? If A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, Hollywood Brown, these guys can get traded, you know, whether it be draft day. I mean, I don't know. I think, like, yeah, just like Larry said, there's guys we know who are proven. The odds of polls wanting to take the risk. I mean, I could be completely wrong, and I'm sure we'd be stoked to have whoever it is that the number one playmaker, you know, assuming we get, like, a top two wide receiver of the class, you know, we'll be stoked about that, no doubt. But I think I would be much... Happier getting like you know, possibly a generational type guy on the defensive line to really uh, bolster up that line, um, that and you know, to complement that move. Then trading an already established, trading for an already established wide receiver somehow. Uh, I'd almost would, even rather see an offensive lineman.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think would. No doubt, it's going to be. Offense or line or defensive line, it's probably going to be defensive line. This is where you know the Bears are probably going to be a top 10 pick, and you just don't see wide receivers going there anymore. You look at 20, I feel like the 2014 drafts are a great example. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers really nailed it on the head drafting Mike Evans, like six overall. But damn, I'm sure they wish, you know, maybe looking back, they wish they would have taken Aaron Donald, to went, you know, just a little bit later. And it's like the playmakers are now moving to the teens. Because I feel like the NFL, especially the running backs, running backs are moving to the second round now. But like the playmakers are moving into the teens unless you got that like holy shit, Jamar Chase. You know, it's tough.
0: Like you say that, and it is true, except for like the most recent year. Because these guys are requesting big deals. They're trading if the team can't pay them. And now it's a trend amongst teams that instead of doing that, they'd rather send AJ Brown to Philly and draft Traylon Burks and you know just kind of reset the timeline on that trade up for Chris Olave if you're in New Orleans and not have to you know resign Michael Thomas again or extend him again you know it's just yeah. I think this could be kind of the start of a new trend where wide receivers are kind of acting like quarterbacks and the fact that they know that they're worth you know exactly But I mean, I feel like Bears Twitter
1: is probably going to blow up if we go defense again, but I won't, especially if we have a very productive offseason, which I think is how most teams are winning and getting better is the offseason or, you know, trading picks in the draft, in the middle of the draft. I mean, what I would say is is Justin Fields, uh, based
2: on what we've seen this year, needs somebody proven. Yeah. He needs a proven wide receiver one, and that's not somebody you go and get in the draft.
1: In two weeks, Bears trade a second round pick for DJ Moore. Are we excited as fuck or what? Are we yeah.
0: Yeah. You kidding me? I'd be happy. I mean, it'd be nice to get him and I was listening to the classic six seventy the score this week on the way to work. And they're like, I mean, yeah, you can trade for someone equally as productive in offseason or you can trade for DJ Moore right now, who we know is on a team that's kind of falling apart. And have him build that connection with Justin Fields for three quarters of a season, two thirds of a season, you know, whatever it's going to be. Obviously, it doesn't matter if we win, but at least next year, he'll have almost a full season with a guy like DJ Moore, if that would happen, where now, okay, he's got a relationship with his number one guy. He's got a better relationship with his number two guy. There's two guys where he actually has trust with I love that.
1: Yeah. I would love the move as well. I just think you know acquiring any sort of better weapon at a good price right now, just to you know make fields better and progressing the rest of the season and building a connection for the future. I think I think could be a great move as long as we're not overpaying for anyone or handing out you know big contracts right now. All right, Chicago odds question number two: Billy Donovan gets fired first or David Ross gets fired first? Oh, man. I
2: would say both are pretty unrealistic, but I'd Down the rabbit hole. I would say probably David Ross.
1: Really? I don't
2: know, man. I don't know. I mean, the Bulls had a really, really good year last year for most of the year, and there's a very easy built-in excuse for when they weren't playing well, and that's injuries. You can't fire a guy because
0: the team couldn't stay healthy. yeah. that's true. I really don't see them, the Cubs, firing David Ross, though. And I think, you know, it could be the case where Billy Donovan, if the Bulls just really suck, I mean, I can see Billy Donovan. I mean, I don't want him by any means. I think the Bulls are going to be good. I think that he won't get fired, you know. But I think if they were to – didn't they extend David Ross already? I don't think so. I thought they extended him, like, two years. But, um, yeah, I just don't see Rossi being fired at all. And I think, yeah, there is an outcome. If the Cubs are good, David Ross isn't getting fired. If the Cubs are bad, David Ross isn't getting fired. If the Bulls are bad, there's at least a chance where Billy Donovan, I think, gets the can. Yeah, three-year contract
2: extension for David Ross through
0: 2025.
1: Okay. Okay. So he's got three years left.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, they're kind of committing, letting them – you know, I think that opens the door for him to coach with a competing team. So,
1: I think it's going to be Billy Donovan. I think within the next, it won't be this year. I have a lot of, I have a lot of thoughts on the Bulls, and we'll talk about it next week um, as we get ready for their season opener next Wednesday. Um, but I have a lot of thoughts on the Bulls, and I'm just really bought out. I am as much as I'm excited, you know, about the team, you know, making a playoff run. Come on,
2: well, you got to drink the Kool-Aid, dude. Yeah. It
1: hasn't even started yet. I'm, I'm bought out. I really am. Like, it's just in this league, in the NBA, it's just like, if you don't have one of the oh. dogs, you're not you're not winning a ring. Like, it's just like you've seen – I don't know. I just – it just doesn't feel like you. We don't have a championship player on our team. I don't think so. I don't think there's one, and maybe we got a couple of really
0: like a championship number one, maybe. But fuck, you tell me, you can't put Zach Levine on a championship roster.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, but like, I just, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see it happening. I'm, I'm bought out. I think that there's a chance that they don't even make the playoffs this year, like the oh, Cavs. Wow. The cat, I think they're going to be a play in team for sure. But the Hawks got so much better. The Cavs got so much better adding Donovan Mitchell. Like the Cavs are probably a better team than us. And they were one seed behind us and only a few games behind us last year. And they added Donovan Mitchell. The Hawks adding DeJounte Murray. Like I think there's a team, there's a, there's a chance that we're a play in team this year and that we might not make the playoffs. And that's scary. It very it scares me to say. But when you, I, I like the roster and I guess maybe I'm just, maybe I'm overreacting because we haven't really got to see the full roster play together consistently with Lonzo Ball being as injured as he can. But I think if Patrick Williams is putting out similar production to what he has in his first two years in the league, then this team is not going to do anything, but be at most a first round bounce again.
0: Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. I I, I think like we've talked about needing someone to, Not, I mean, literally and metaphorically stop the guys like Giannis and and Embiid. And it's more than just, like, being able to guard him, but it's being able to, you know, replicate that on our side and be able to dominate in, you know, their respective game. And, you know, DeMar's had his stretches where he's, you know, the best scorer in the league. Zach's obviously a freak athletic-wise. But I do get what you're saying. Like, it's not enough in the NBA right now to have – Even a full lineup of really good guys, if you don't have the great one, I mean, NBA, we talked about every MVP ever being a Hall of Famer. There's so many Hall of Fame, it's pretty easy to get into the Basketball Hall of Fame, but like that leads us to the point where if you don't have one, maybe two Hall of Famers on your team or in your lineup, then it's probably not, you probably don't even have a shot. So, I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm not going to say I'm bought out by any means because we haven't seen we haven't seen the product brother,
1: but that's no, that's 100% fair. Like I get it. And I, I'm, I I hope I'm wrong more than anything. I hope that we're cracking up about this in like three weeks and the bulls are like 13 and four. Like I hope three weeks will be too soon to tell,
2: to be honest, but hopefully in like April.
1: No, I mean, yeah, obviously. I hope I'm completely wrong, but I know maybe it's just like, I I don't know, especially after last year and seeing how disappointed it is. And you know, you know, Zach Levine was hurt. You know, it was, we had a lot of young guys, a lot of young guards. And you know, Newt, Nikola Vucevic had a rough year last year, so maybe you know, maybe he has a good year this year. And we're like, okay, you know, we're kind of back and rolling. Like maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I think I think it's gonna be. I think Billy Donovan gets canned in two years. I can see it. I think not this year, not after this season, but I think he's canned after next season. And I don't think we'll hit the rebuilding process, but tomorrow will probably be gone. Vucevic will probably be gone. It'll probably be full-blown Zach Levine. Let's turn this roster over. Or and I don't know. But if Pat, if Patrick Williams steps up into the player that we all think he can be, this this isn't even a conversation. But I, I want to see that, and I don't think that's happening yet. But okay. let's, after move years. On. let's move on in Chicago odds. What happens next? White Sox advance past ALDS or Cubs win the NL Central. <laughs> what happens sooner?
0: That's a really good one. That's- that is. I mean, I'm going to go with the White Sox advancing because there's a chance that happens this year. And right. I, there's going to be the a chance the following year too. And we just aren't 100% sure that the Cubs will even have that opportunity. So, but, uh, you know, uh, right now, I'm going to say the White Sox.
2: I agree. Uh, not much of a discussion for me. I agree with Lucas. Could the Cubs win the Central or contend next year? Sure. Uh, but I think it's probably a little more realistic that the White Sox, get a good manager, get it together, maybe make some moves in the free agent market, maybe one or two moves that put them over the top. Over the top being the ALDS, which is kind of low <laughs> bar. But, you know, that's where we're it's- at
1: fellas. <laughs> and last one for Chicago odds before we head head into our last you know conversation. Bears win the Super Bowl or Cubs win the World Series. What happens next? What has the better odds of happening sooner?
0: Another tough one, man. Shoot, top Bears. I think. I mean, they're both so far away, but yeah, I
2: don't know. <laughs> it's it's a little more realistic to look at the Bears and say the Bears have the pieces. That, you know, next time they're in contention, I think they will be on the team. I think for the Cubs, it's a little harder to point to those guys, maybe.
1: In my eyes, though, I feel like with the Cubs situation, it might be easier to win a championship. I think baseball is harder to win a championship, but the Cubs are a major market and have no salary cap and can toss. You know, they could have, you know, a playoff ready roster next year very fast if they spend the money and just be, you know, potentially a year away from the World Series if, you know, the prospects work out and the free agency signings work out. Like, I don't know if the Bears are two years away from a Super Bowl. A lot is going to have to go into play. Like, we, Justin Fields is going to have to become a franchise quarterback. As of right now, it doesn't look that way.
0: Yeah. How do you fucking crack? (laughs) Dude, I don't know. Like, if we're not looking to contend in two years, what the fuck are we doing? Like, I think I agree. I agree with that. I
2: think I think realistically the next time the Cubs could be a World Series contender. Could
1: is
0: two years. And the Bears should
1: be. Exactly. But it's gonna be hard. I mean, I Justin Fields has to turn out. He has to be turned out to be great. And I, I'm not saying he can't be. But it, you, you don't. Well, you're
2: the one just drinking the Kool Aid, man. Oh, I'm bought well, in, baby. I'm, I'm bought
1: in. in. <laughs> but if we're being realistic here, the Cubs have a better Who are chance. Are you? <laughs> I think the Cubs. This have is a different chance. will than we were just. The
2: That's Bulls totally changed money. will.
0: The Bulls changed. Will. Who's gonna win the World Series for the Cubs? Name three people that will contribute to the World Series. Pete Crow Armstrong. Chris Morrell, baby, oh, Suzuki. Matt Mervis,
1: uh, Ash Mervis, Trey Turner,
0: hey, Turner. Mickey Mantle, Renan <laughs> Davis,
1: Carlos Correa, Aaron Judge, yeah, Renan okay. Davis, um, and say Se- I think Say Suzuki can I think Say Suzuki I
0: like yeah Suzuki. that that Justin our Chase connection is gonna be so nice. We're just grabbing players. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, do you guys Christian
2: McCaffrey maybe a healthy Christian McCaffrey?
1: You guys think that there's a better chance that Justin Fields turns out to be a great franchise quarterback, a quarterback that can take his team to a Super Bowl than the Cubs spending money on free agents and getting closer to a World Series?
0: Dude, Based yeah. on the last few years, yes. We've like, we I we think dude. This is where I'm like, what are you saying right now? We think Justin Fields is good. Like, oh, he is.
1: He's the guy. What? He's taking us to the mountaintops.
0: Like asking oh, the really, question, really in the goddamn Cubs," than you do in what you're saying right now. But I'm just going off of you know I'm a capitalist. And I'm a realist, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Capitalist, the Cubs are going to spend the money to, to win. Okay, Realists. Oh. Jay Fields is the guy. So you should know. All right. I hope I'm eating my words
1: again. The Bulls have changed me forever. I wish we didn't go into the Bulls <laughs> rabbit hole. Too many
0: rabbits. Well, you went from so, drinking the Kool Aid like, thought,
2: oh, but Justin Fields, man, and now, like, <laughs> I don't. Is Justin Fields the guy? I mean, I don't know.
0: You went or- from Justin Fields as the guy sipping the Kool Aid to like, damn, the Bulls can't win. The Bears probably can't either. <laughs> <laughs> so the Cubs must. So the Cubs, yeah. Somebody's got to
1: be good. Getting,
0: approaching Blackhawks conversations.
1: <laughs> oh no! What's the score? they the band. They got the band. They got the Avalanche tonight for the ceremony. Yeah. Five nothing maybe. Oh, Tim Boyle hat. Game number two playoffs in the Central? Question mark. List of MLB teams would they have made the playoffs in the AL Central? Oh wow.
0: We're ending with a low blow to Lucas. A lot of them, yeah. What's the point of this? Well, this is just kind of like, you could also call this little game we're playing games that you or teams that you didn't realize finished above 500. <laughs> and, Which who did? Orioles? Yeah, Orioles, I know. They, I mean, they played better, though. Pretty much the entire year, they were a better team than we were. Okay. So Orioles and Red Sox, would we say yes?
2: Uh, I would say Orioles, probably not Red Sox.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Los Angeles Angels. No, probably not. No,
0: they were not better than us this year.
1: Same record as the White Sox, the San Francisco Giants.
0: Yeah, they yeah. have yes. the same.
1: And then the Arizona Diamondbacks.
2: No, Woof.
1: no. Big wolf. Big wolf. It's tough
2: that you're asking that question. The, I don't they, know. I don't they know. Don't they know.
1: finished with the same record as the Cubs. The Cubs would have fucking won the division in the AL Central. What ah. the fuck? <laughs> well, I don't know about that oh, come one, on. man. Yeah, now you're really – I'm messing. I'm messing him. Him. You he swung just, all just, the
2: way back the other way.
1: Guys, 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 guys. I'm joking. I'm joking. The tinfoil hat's off. Relax.
0: The dunce cap. I don't right. <laughs> Dude, Javi would have stroked the Cubs every time he played them. You think the Sox got enough of the silencers? Oh my god, how we would be hitting dirt balls out of the park Out of bounce! Literally, yeah. Oh,
1: guys, I don't know what happened to me there. I just like I blurred out. I'm back, <laughs> oh, guys. What I miss? Where were we? Oh, we were talking about uh, David Ross, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's where we were at. Is that where we were, guys? Oh god! I'm out there for a second. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. I think that anything else you guys want to add? I, <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> that was.
0: Did the uh, oh the Braves are about to wrap up the game? I and I missed it. I'm a little upset.
1: Nothing. Spoiler alert. Zeros. Three zero. Three zero. Yeah. Okay. Well, if there's any sports betters out there. Listening in, I got Bears minus five and a half parlayed with Bears. Commanders over 34 parlayed with Justin Fields. Anytime touchdown at plus 750 odds. Prime time lights. Bears are winning the game. Justin Fields is rushing one in. And I think that, you know, I think it's going to be 27-17, which is automatically the over right there. So.
0: Boom. Bear down, baby.
1: Bear down. I hope Bear down. Have a game tonight I hope the Bears are three and three. Peace.
0: Da bears.